Welcome back to Reality Check Chat. I'm here with my co-potters. I'm Barbara Scott. And I'm Judy Herschel. And we have with us today, we're blessed to have with us today, Kate. Kate's going to be joining us again. She didn't get sick of us the last time when we talked about the child tax credit. I want to give a shout out to the Independent Democratic Women of Susquehanna County who uh, sponsor and support uh, this podcast in rural Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. I'm glad we didn't scare a um, Kate away, but after this conversation, we we may. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking today about the the one conversation that everyone tries to stay away from: abortion rights. Um, and why are we discussing this? Because it's something that's being well. It's it's our rights as women are are in jeopardy right now. Um, there's a lot going on in Texas, which we're going to talk about. But I'm going to hand it over to Barb. Barb, let's get get started on this. Do, do you want to explain exactly what this abortion law entails down in Texas? Well, I don't know if uh, everyone knows, and Kate's going to talk in in a little bit about the Supreme Court decision, the devastating Supreme Court decision. But last Wednesday, the Texas law went into effect that bans abortions after a heartbeat is found to be in the fetus, which can be is usually six weeks ish, and it's before many women know they are even pregnant. And it's going to affect 85 to 90% of the women who seek an abortion in Texas, they will not be allowed to get an abortion. So probably about 10, 10% of the women who wish to get an abortion in Texas will be able to. But the interesting thing about this law, or I shouldn't say interesting because it's a, just a travesty of, of constitutional justice, mm-hmm. is that private citizens from out of state or in state can sue anyone who aids and abets a woman who's getting a, an abortion after a, a heartbeat has been detected. So they're not going after the woman and it's not a criminal thing, but anybody can sue. And the two things that I read that were amazing about this is standing. Usually there's standing where one of the people has the, the person that sues has to be, you know, like in the state to mm-hmm. do it. In this case, no, it could be anybody. And the other thing is you're suing people that aid in a bet. It could be an Uber driver who drives the patient to Planned Parenthood, for example, and they can be sued and they can be uh, fined at least $10,000. And the sewer, the, one, the person that sues, <laughs> I forget what it's called. In this case, it would be a sewer. Um <laughs> gets the $10,000 plus and court costs where the defendant does not get anything if they win. They don't get any money if they win and they don't get their court costs back if they win. So to me, that's just unconstitutional right there because it's not equal. No, because essentially these healthcare facilities and these providers, all they'll be doing is going to court. So it will run them out of business. It's their plan to, to do that. You know, under underneath federal law, Roe v. Wade allowed for the legalization of abortion. And since that time, the federal government has allowed the states to determine whether or not or what that period of time, gestational period of time that abortions would be allowed by them designating six weeks. They're staying within that parameter. But we all know you said it, Barb, 10 percent of individuals will still be able to do it. That leaves a very large number not able to. And we found, you know, with with statistics, every statistic done by any major organization or group has found that when you put restrictions on abortion rights and abortion law, the rates of abortion go up. 
it, it, that's common knowledge. So this in no way and no effect is going to reduce the number of abortions. This is all a political ploy. Um, and it opens up a, it's a slippery slope for so many things, not just with abortion rights, but it gives a heck of a lot more rights to the state than they should be allowed to have, particularly on how they're mandating this. It, it's just a nightmare. People need to pay attention. And, and if this doesn't wake them up, I don't know what's going to, particularly women. Yeah, because women have to recognize that there are already South Dakota, Florida, there are already other states that are jumping on the bandwagon here to, to get laws in their states to do it. And so Congress has to act. But I think before we talk about Congress, let's let Kate talk about how the Supreme Court affected this. Okay, so all this starts uh, with the Fifth Circuit, which is overrun with Trump judges. And Justice Alito, who serves on the Supreme Court, uh, he runs the Fifth Circuit docket. So using what's called the shadow docket, which are emergency orders made by the Supreme Court without the opportunity of arguments. Right. So, no public statements, no, no. no defense. Yeah. Yeah. So when the Fifth Circuit allowed this clearly unconstitutional law to go into effect, it overruled a lower court judge and canceled judicial hearings on the law so that it could go into effect. Um, this is what judicial activism looks like. So the Supreme Court, their response was to sit on their hands. They let the Fifth Circuit do what they wanted to do. And now we have Roe v. Wade. It's just gutted, gutted, because the Supreme Court did nothing. Friday, a judge in Texas put a restraining order on any of these bounty hunters, because they're really vigilante bounty hunters, uh, doing anything to plan parenthood. The, the thing is about the restraining order is it's only in effect until the 17th of this month, September, but it did stop what was happening, which was an outpouring of crazies, you know, trying to catch abortion clinics in Texas as soon as the law went into effect. Making sure that they get cash in on their $10,000. <laughs> That's really what it's about. Right. So so the judge put a restraining order so they can't, mm -hmm. they can't do anything, at least in two weeks until things are worked out, or I don't know what is going to happen, but already the one of the abortion clinics that had to turn away so many women. I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to be chaos. Barb, you, you had mentioned to me a couple of times in the past that you've, you were alive and remember well, what it was like, you know, in our country prior to the legalization of abortion. What, what do you remember about that? And what do you, what do you know about that? I know that women get pregnant. When I was young, they got pregnant just like they do now. And there weren't as many contraceptive choices as there are now. I mean, there was the birth control pill. And of course, there's always the vasectomy. Let's not forget that. But women, when I was in college, I was what is called an RA and residence assistant. I can't even remember what it's Stands advisor. 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 Thank you. Not that I, anyway. So this is one of the things that I took on as part of my role. And so some women would come to me because there was an underground, because it was illegal, there was an underground system of counseling. It was a church group, actually, to tell you the truth, Kate, you'd be surprised to hear that did this underground counseling. And we went, you know, like at night. <laughs> 
to the this man's house, this group's house, and they told us. Uh, I went with uh, several women, and I just remember going with one woman and telling, and them telling us her options: some legal and some not. And of course, the legal ones were expensive because it was going to England or the Bahamas, you know. And the illegal ones were in New York City in a dungeon, basically. So you had to take your chance. She had to take her chance and she went and she lived, you know, she lived to tell about it, which is good. But my late brother-in-law was a metropolitan Washington, D.C. police officer. And he said in one of their, in those days of illegal abortions, and he said in one of their raids, it was on a, it wasn't a hospital because it was disgusting, he said, but floor after floor, there are bloody buckets with fetuses in them and women, uh, you know, in bad shape. And it was a nightmare of filth and unsafe and certainly couldn't be called health care. And this is an attack on our health care, our reproductive rights, women that are forced to have children that they don't want, can't work, can't have an education. And those of us that feel we can't have an abortion, and there are many women that feel that way, we don't want to put our choice, choice on women that you know, want to have an abortion. Exactly. My mom was a nurse in New York City, Greenwich, Greenwich Village in the 50s. And she shared a story with me on when she was covering their emergency room and a young woman came in, obviously had an attempted abortion, but she had also swallowed bleach. Ooh, that's what she ended up dying from. Oh, said that just just haunted, haunted, haunted her her memory. And she shared that with me. So I know that that's a extreme story, but that was the reality of what what it was like. I I came upon some really interesting statistics that I thought were important to share. Statistically, they say one in four women have had an abortion. So we know a lot of women. So not that we know the women that have had abortions, but. Well, I have friends. I have friends that have had abortions. Oh, I have too. And we probably don't know most of the people that we know that have had them. Right. And when when people are saying how how awful it is and, and people that have abortions are going to go to hell because I think they equate loose, slutty women getting pregnant one after another and just use them to birth control, use it as birth control. They don't realize that it's normal everyday women. And of four of their friends, one of them has had an abortion. And you got to keep you got to keep that in mind. And, even and if it is even if it is uh, women that are promiscuous. So what? That's a whole other conversation. Exactly. That's their choice. Like you said, Barb. And one of the things that is so ridiculous is curtailing the accessibility of contraception. I mean, people that are anti-abortion are also anti any woman getting free contraception via the, it's not, you know, via the health care, the Affordable Care Act. And that's why it's a sexist issue too, Barb. That's why it's a sexist issue. You know, there was a funny quote somebody said, and I don't remember the end of it. But it went something like, if you're going to enforce child payments or financial, you know, support of the child and pay for health after health, their health care after the heartbeat begins, then, you know, people are going to be singing a different tune. And that's so true. You know, the, where's the enforcement of the father? Where's the accountability for the father? That's never part of the question. You know, there's so many different layers of this. There's so many different layers of this, Kate. Well, I think it's important for people to realize that this law, it's not about abortion. They say it is, but it's not. It's, about, so? it's about keeping 
people who are in poverty in poverty because you know any wealthy person if they need an abortion they'll be able to get it oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and it's also an anti-planned parenthood thing for some reason planned parenthood which provides women's health care services to women who are on medicaid and other women but women predominantly women who are not wealthy and many women who become workers in our economy at one point in their life got help from Planned Parenthood. I've heard women tell me that, but with contraception and counseling and abortions, of course, I think we should talk about Congress because Congress has ducked the issue since 1973 when Roe versus Wade was first declared that a woman has a constitutional right to an abortion. So Congress did not codify it in law, and that is their fault, and that is the problem that we have today. And so Pelosi said, the Supreme Court's cowardly dark of night decision, because I guess, Kate, right, it was sneaky. It was late at night. It was like at midnight. The law went into effect Wednesday morning, and they didn't, they were silent until like midnight, and then they kind of scooted out this, okay, go ahead with the law. We're not going to stop you. They wrote a paragraph. (laughs) They wrote a single paragraph. And that was all the commentary they made on the matter. Pelosi said the Supreme Court's cowardly dark of night decision to uphold a flagrantly unconstitutional, and everybody says this, not only Nancy Pelosi, flagrantly unconstitutional assault on women's rights and health is staggering. So Judy Chu proposed Women's Health Protection Act in February of 2020, H.R. 2975. So Pelosi has promised to bring that to a vote when Congress returns on the 20th. And they think they have the votes in the House to pass it. Unfortunately, in the Senate, there are only 48. And of course, it would they'd have to get rid of the filibuster to even have it a majority. So they have to have the 60 votes at this point. And only 48 Democrats signed it. And one of the Democrats that is not co-sponsoring the bill, we have to say, is our very own Senator Bob Casey. And I'm really upset about this. I'm really upset about this because I understand he's Catholic and he does not believe in abortions. He's pro-choice. But no senator that represents a state can choose which constitutional elements they want to support. You know, they can is hard. This is, this is a constitutional right. As is voting, as is voting, he's not going to say, well, I'm not going to support laws that, you know, against voting. We take an oath as elected officials to separate, you know, church and all all those things and to to do what's best for the community at large. I'm a Christian. I was raised a Catholic and I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm personally, you know, personally, I would never. If a friend came to me, I would do what I can to make sure that they that they had that baby. I wouldn't interfere. I would encourage. That's important to me. But I have no right to put my opinion on anyone else. And it's not anybody else's business. And most of these women have very difficult decisions to make. Most, most abortions, I think it's like 96% of them happen within that period of time before I think 12 weeks, it's very early on. And, and there's a lot that people don't understand about this, but I think it comes down to this. No man, no legislator, no elected official, no neighbor, no friend, no family member, nobody has the right to determine what is best for me. That's it. And but so they do it's political. 
Go ahead. So I'm going to encourage people, if anybody's listening to this, to contact Senator Casey and express your concern that he has not, not co-sponsored Women's Health Protection Act because he needs to separate his personal feelings from his duty as a senator in this state. While we're on the subject of things people can do, there are a few things, one of which <laughs> there was a website called Pro-Life Whistleblower. Oh, I love this. Yes. What is it? Explain to explain pro, to me what they're pro, doing. Pro well, life. You're talking about the TikTok thing, right? Uh, well, actually, I, I'm not sure if the, the TikTok thing. Um, oh, okay, go ahead. Okay, so it's a website called ProLifeWhistleblower.com. Right. A lot of the atheists that I follow on social media encourage their followers to spam this website with fake tips mm-hmm. about abortions happening. So like, for example, I submitted a fake tip about how Governor Abbott just dropped off a prostitute to have an abortion done. I gave like this whole like filled out all the the, the requirements in the form and I hit submit. And that's what people are doing. They're trying to crash the website. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that one thing that you know, it may seem silly, but you're stopping them from hurting people. And that's what we need to make it known that this is unacceptable. Well, yes, absolutely. And it's kind of interesting to me. And I read also about the people were calling about Marvel's Avengers did something to, to, to aid and abet somebody who, who was trying to get an abortion after the heartbeat, after the six weeks. And they, TikTok, was um, a lot of people were on TikTok doing hacktivism. I love, I love, that's the term. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. Oh, well, I had, and uh, it was very interesting to me. And they were doing what you just said, Kate, they were trying to bring down the site. It's a Texas right to life site. And I just read recently that GoDaddy, which hosts the site, told them to find a new hosting. <laughs> <laughs> Gave them 24 hours to find a, a new hosting. Oh. You know what? They've been using the internet to, to spread false information for years. Good for these hackers. You know, not that I promote hacking by any means, but right. the end justifies the, defines the means. You, you said that it perfectly, Kate. It's preventing people from being hurt. It's we're not, not hacking. Being, we're not being malicious. We are, we're doing what we can in the most peaceful way we can, mm-hmm. doing a little bit of of good uh a sense of humor while we're yes. at it <laughs> oh exactly. the good the good fight <laughs> and it's not hacking it's hacktivism hacktivism, hacktivism. Yes. hacking is a, has a negative connotation you're right we've got to make sure we're educating ourselves we've got to make sure that we are talking to people about this because it is not the most comfortable conversation to talk about but we, but we do we've got we've got to talk about it with the people that we're around when we can have you and heard about the woman's march on october 2nd no oh. where is it well it's just sort of like an, a national thing they're calling on women to march against what what's happening in texas and i don't know if maybe we can organize something in our little county march to the courthouse in montrose i don't know do it we could yeah let's try all right a couple of things i found the states that have already you know jumped on the bandwagon here are 
states where their governors have 2024 presidential aspirations. Of course. If you can believe that. South Dakota, Florida, Arkansas, and Abbott, of course. Something else I found that I, oh, this is what the Supreme Court said, the majority said. They argued that abortion providers did not make a good enough case for judicial intervention, which is ridiculous. And then they also are taking up the Mississippi case that bans abortions after 15 weeks. They're taking up that. That's on their docket. They're taking up that. So they're going to, if they don't overturn uh, Roe versus Wade, they're going to completely gut it. Ed Markey, Senator Markey from Massachusetts says, get rid of the filibuster and expand the Supreme Court. And I'm for that. I'm for that. And the Guardian said, and I wanted to share this because this is so true. Illegal abortion does not end abortion. This is what Judy said earlier. I just want to make clear. It does not end abortion. It ends safe, legal abortions. So women will die. Women will die. There's just nothing to refute that. All the evidence points to that. And of course, it's going to be poor women that die. And that's the target. And this puts us, the United States of America, in the same class as these countries. Brazil, which is about to undergo a coup. Egypt, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Iraq, and Mauritania. That's not the, Afghanistan. This is what I, this is what I, if you could all see us right now, we're all shaking our head in with our, with our hands and our, with our heads in our hands. I know. Crying. <laughs> crying. And then Judy Chu, she says, nobody's rights should be determined by their zip code. And I thought that was pretty telling because that's not equal. I'm fighting, she says, to ensure a woman's decision to access contraception is between her and her doctor, not her and her boss. Because some companies are allowed now to not provide contraception if you work for them. So that's also a a Supreme Court decision. And we need to get that codified. She co-chairs the Congressional Creative Rights Caucus. That's the one she chairs. She's doing a lot. Yeah, she does do a lot. Yeah. A lot of those congressional women do a lot. I I wish I heard more from the Pennsylvania ones, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. So I read a couple of things that were interesting. I wanted to add, I don't know if you two did, that one was from The Guardian that said, has 2022, or maybe Politico, I'm not sure, has 2022 been reset? Question mark. Afghanistan, Delta variant, low unemployment numbers, now Texas, and this law, maybe maybe this will help Democrats in 2022. The Republican gubernatorial candidate in Virginia is trying to be a Trumper without turning moderate Republicans off with his stance on abortion, pro-life. And I read that 60% of Americans are, well, let's say 40% are anti-abortion. I don't want to say people are pro-abortion because they're not pro-choice. So 60% are pro-choice. And I'm going to re-say that because it sounds like I'm an idiot. Did you know that over the last 12 years, the rates of abortions went from um, 24% to 16, which is pretty significant. Say that again. I think it was since 2009 till the last time they they have the records of the stats, the rates of abortion went from like 26%, 26 out of 100, 26 out of 100 pregnancies went from that to 16. Oh, how did that happen? According to the CDC, there's many different things. I I think that women um, have easier access to birth control. I think they're making better decisions. I think they're practicing safer sex. I think there is more education about sex 
abortion has been legal. What it was portraying was that with the legalization of abortion, the abortion rates are actually going down. And, and the proof has been since 2009 to 2008 has, re, has been reduced in that amount. And then apparently, according to, am I pronouncing this right? The Guttenmachen or Guttenmachen? Oh, no, no. Uh, Gut- what I is went, that? I went there. They're women's health. How do you pronounce that? <laughs> Guttenmacher. Yes, mocker. What is apparently they're the they're the ones that that have the statistics that have to do with abortion. They seem to be the major organization that that develops this. But they said that hold on, abortion rates over the last twenty five years have drastically decreased by at least a quarter, and that I can't read my handwriting. Oh, and that countries, the, some of which are the ones that you mentioned that we were similar to, have the highest rates because of their abortion, their lack of abortion legislation. So it was just a comparison on how, once again, you make abortions illegal, the rates of abortions go up and shows how that happens, you know, across the world and, and how, when you have it legal, our rates start to go down, which is pretty common sense. But unfortunately, our legislators do not react to common sense. I'd be curious with the more conservative state, the ones who are more likely to push abstinence, what the um, abortion rates are because you gotta you gotta figure they're gonna be higher because mm-hmm. you know they don't believe in providing contraception or educating uh, teenagers about safe sex. Their solution is to abstinence. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of the problem. The sex education in this country is is really bad. And not only that, but the conservatives want it that way. And you know, like the school boards are fighting over all this stuff just to, I don't know, to make our citizens stupid is, is what uh, it is. Well, newsflash, it's not the 1950s anymore. It's 2020. Exactly. Get with exactly. the program. Yeah. Get with the program. Get with the program. And I read that, you know, in Texas, there's around these clinics, there's a climate of fear. Attorney General Garland said that they're going to look for any kind of, because there, evidently there's a law against, duh, there's a law against being violent when somebody's trying to get into a clinic. Well, I, I don't know why we have to have a law for that. But anyway, he's trying to make sure that that doesn't happen, that women are protected when they go to, from violence, when they go to clinics after this terrible law has gone into effect. Except I guess it's on hold since Friday. I wanted to add something else I read. I don't know if you two read about it. Sadly, companies that spoke out against restrictions to voting rights are pretty silent when it comes to the rights of of women's to have an abortion they don't want to touch the issue they don't want to talk about it they don't want to say they're pro or con and they're not Uh, bumble Mm -hmm. which was is is woman founded and woman run do you know that that is dating service or something they came forward and and they're speaking out against it they were one of the few one of the few and hewlett packard i thought this was interesting Hewlett Packard Enterprises in Houston, because their their headquarters are in Houston, they didn't come out one way or the other, but their medical plan, they said, pays for abortions out of state and includes lodging. This seems to me the way to go. This is what the affordable, you know, this is what the Affordable Care Act should include. I think that's that's one way to work on it is to allow women to go wherever they can to get an abortion and to provide lodging for them. Maybe a babysitter, whatever the heck. I had heard that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's part of their medical plan. 
very progressive. And, yeah, enterprises. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool, I thought. So it, it, this is kind of like what we were talking about last time with the big money and promoting the big lie and how the big money behind these conservative think tanks supported getting right-wing judges successfully so that they can get rid of abortion for and then moving on to getting rid of equality in the voting realm. It's all about power and control. It has nothing to do with life. That really is what it comes down to. Because if it was about life, we would all be working a little closer together to support life. Yeah. It's a way to control. Okay. And it's so blatant, but unfortunately, a lot of people fall for it. Well, I think that we've done a good job on this. And I think next time we're going to be talking uh, about bad doctors that are saying, you know, the vaccine doesn't work and things like that. So we'll, we'll hope that you're listening and hope you'll be, and we're on Spotify, if I remember, or Kate reminds me. And um, if she comes back <laughs> after this, one, that wasn't so we bad. We haven't scared her away. And um, <laughs> of course, at our website, realitychatchat.com. And I'm wondering what Kate has been eating all this time, because I've been like, oh my gosh, oh, I'm so hungry. Well the boys went on a uh, ice cream run at Burger King, but I didn't want ice cream. So they brought me French fries. So I was chewing very quietly. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> I was going to guess potato chips. Oh, cool. well, would have been close. Yeah. They didn't crunch though. <laughs> they didn't. You did a good job with that. Hiding your What chewing. kind of ice cream at Burger King? They have ice cream? Oh, just what comes out of the soft serve. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that, that sounds, sounds good. good. <laughs> it sounds good I have to go there all right exactly. so look at all well, have notes, a good guys. i had a great i had all these notes i hope i talked about everything that's one we can revisit again we might have to if we don't start to move the dial on that one it was right. scary right i don't all yeah right. we might Once have to return to this one yeah all right so good to see you and you um too. we'll be back in touch soon okay have a great rest of your weekend guys okay. all right good night. Bye. Bye. you too bye, bye.